five, six, seven, eight, eras. eras. Yay, eras. Woo-hoo. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. You know what rhymes with era? Tara. Tara. <gasps> Tara's eras. We Tara's eras. eras. We should totally do Tara and Haley's eras. That would be fun. That would be fun. That'd be scary. <laughs> it would be a little scary. I'd be like, God. I mean, I think I can define my eras like more recently. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to define my eras like birth to now, be very interesting. Very scary times. I tried to do it because there was that like eras trend. Um, I think it was at the end of last year. And so I like tried to do it, but I was like, oh, I'm getting into a dark place. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't remember that. Not necessarily dark place, but it was more so like it was defined by um, things I might not want to bring up. Oh, sure. I understand. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. And totally. I was like, and I was like, hmm, which I like really like to think about because like, that's why I'm so excited to define Lorelai's eras because what we were talking about in the last episode is that like they are not as cut and dry as Rory. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But it's more of like how we would define our eras and like a mm-hmm. very like broad strokes of life choices and like probably our hair, probably whatever outfit we were obsessed with at the time. Yeah, no, there are a lot <laughs> of different ways you can slice this up. And I kind of discovered that with Lorelai. Yeah. Like, I'm in my circle glasses era right now, and Lorelai has, like, plenty of, you know, eras like that where it's, like, her turtleneck era, but it, like, clearly falls in line with, like, life choices as well. Hmm, interesting. Whereas Rory is, like, Chilton Rory, Yale Rory. We said Yale Rory, like, first iteration, and then, like, post-jumping-off-the-scaffolding Rory And, like, her lost era of, like, living at the grandparents. Totally, totally. And then return to Yale era. So it's, like, hers was, like, definitely surrounding school. Mm -hmm. And it made sense. Because, like, up until that point, that's kind of what it is. I don't know that I would define my eras that clearly of, like, being in high school. Like, there was, like, a bunch of different, you know, iterations. But I think for Rory, for the most part, it kind of, like, existed like that. And Mm -hmm. the thing that we said in her episode, which is called Rory Rory, it's from earlier this year. If you want to go back and listen to it and see what we said about her, um, there was a lot of comments that we made about Lorelai and how different of a character she is than Rory. And Mm -hmm. one of those is that we said that Lorelai is the main character, Mm -hmm. which I still believe wholeheartedly like even more after like re-listening to that episode i'm like yeah lorelei's the main character and one of the reasons that we said that is that because rory's so much like her involvement in the story is her reacting to what's going on around her whereas lorelei's is more of like the story is reacting to her everyone around Mm. her reacts to what she does Mm. and i think that that is one of the reasons we see her as the main character Mm -hmm. um But again, something we talked about was that Rory is like defined by like not being like other girls, but not being like other girls on TV at the time where it was like fear and like something we were talking about this past week off pod together when we were with each other was that there hasn't been like a show like that that is really like arisen to kind of like meet Rory in that spot. She's kind of like singular in that. Because we have, like, you know, Gossip Girl, The O.C., Riverdale, One Tree Hill, like, all of these big teen shows where they're, Mm -hmm. like, 
kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're kind of just this unattainable ideal in a way. Like when I would watch shows like that, even in snippets in high school, because I didn't really get into those shows until I was in college because I was just hunkered down watching Gilmore Girls. Also, my mom didn't love me watching those shows. I think because these teenagers were like grown adults in high school. It was very odd. It was very different from my experience. I wouldn't say I was a Rory. They're like drinking in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. But like that it was so normal and casual. It was very yeah. normalized. But you weren't like a Marissa Cooper, a Blair Waldorf. <laughs> No, not at all. As much as I want to be a Blair Waldorf, but... I know, that would be fun. But Rory was a little more in line. Like, I wouldn't call myself a Rory, but, like, Rory and Lorelai's lifestyle, and not just because I was in Connecticut, like, that was... (laughs) It's just because of location. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. It's that... That really was more in line with what I was doing, Yeah, you know, and what my lifestyle was like. And, like, to that, the thing that I want to, like, I guess, like, get into here and, like, I guess define in this conversation is, like, Rory had that, like, not like other girls on TV. Mm. It's, like, how would we apply that to Lorelai? Because it's, like, I think she still kind of has that, like, not like other moms energy about her. (laughs) True. She's not. She's not. She really isn't. But it's, like, I think that that is, like, she was not like other women on TV. Mm Mm-hmm. Like strong female leads, which I don't think is as unique to Lorelai as it is to Rory, because I think that as we have progressed, there have been really like funny, dramatic women who, I don't know, have really good things to say. It's not just Mm -hmm. singular to Amy that she can write strong female leads, despite the fact that she does. She does. But I wanted to see how like all of that like translated to Lorelai because something that you said in Rory Rory is like the house is on fire you're saving Lorelai over Rory (laughs) I did I said that that's so funny it's still true today but that's hilarious that I admitted that yeah yeah who would you save Paulinka (laughs) okay yeah fair also valid (laughs) they can get out they got legs well I mean I guess Paulinka has four but the brain I need to help him yeah (laughs) I actually don't know I guess I didn't. Wow, why would you? Why would you ask me that? <laughs> because you asked me that um, apparently back uh, in January. I think I would save Lorelai too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That feels really weird to say we're gonna let Rory Gilmore burn in the house. Hey, we don't know. We're just leaving her to fend for herself. We're not saying we'll leave her to burn. Yeah, she's a smart girl. Ivy League educated. She can't get herself a job, but she could probably get herself out of a burning house. Correct. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it's interesting that you listened back to Rory Rory. I started to, um, but didn't, you know, didn't get a chance to listen to the entire episode. You didn't want to listen to us for an hour. (laughs) I I listened to us for multiple hours every week. Um, But it's moreover that, like, I knew that Lorelai's eras were going to be defined so differently. So I Mm -hmm. figured, you know... I just kind of wanted to see what the bones were of our episode. And then I was like, great, we'll go from there. Yeah, I didn't rem- I didn't remember it at all. Like, yeah, we say so many things. I can't remember all of God, them. We say so <laughs> many things. We say way too many things. But it's interesting that you brought up how easily definable Rory's eras are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because of the time in her life she was going through. I think that our eras are a little more easily defined when we are younger because it's yeah. like high school, college, you know, and that's really what we saw Rory through. I do think that we could kind of use those big strokes like we did with Rory for Lorelai in the sense that like we have independence in Lorelai 
And then we have Dragonfly in Lorelei. Yeah. But I think that we can still use those similar, like, large brushstrokes of, yeah. of Rory's eras to also define Lorelai's eras. Like, I think that the bigger strokes of Rory were Chilton Rory versus Yale Rory. We could do right. the same for, you know, Independence in Lorelai versus Dragonfly in Lorelai. Like, those are the act breaks, right? Yeah. But it goes deeper than that. We did the same thing for Rory, you know? Yeah. I feel like it with Lorelai, it's more nuanced because I would never want to like define her eras by Rory's eras is what I really tried to avoid in this. And I think that like her being at the Independence Inn is like she goes through so much there personally. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Rory doesn't go through a lot personally, but like I still think she kind of like remains mostly the same not that Lorelai's changing every day but it's like I think that Rory kind of remains true to who she is because like we could break down Chilton Rory into like her love interests but I don't think that Lorelai breaks down in her love interests quite as cleanly it's more of her I'm really interested in this because like yeah as usual we did not give each other rules we did not tell each other how we were going to do this this is very very different mine are very um uh, Lucy Goosey, um, ex- but also very specific. <laughs> Lucy Goosey. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, mine, I, I actually broke it down a few different ways. Okay. I started, of course, with like Independence in Dragonfly in, and then like a year in the life Dragonfly, because I think that's a completely different yeah. era of the Dragonfly in. Because um, she's and then I broke it Exactly. And like Suki's not there and Michelle is really her partner. And it's it's just a very different chapter. Yeah. Then I broke it down romantically, which I actually had a really easy time breaking down. Really? I was shocked by. Yes. It's a lot, but I'll share that in a second. And then I did familial, so like her parents. Oh. And then I did her relationship with Rory. And I want to see where all of those maybe kind of intersect. Yeah. um, Because to be honest with you, I didn't come up with one formal list. I wanted to do that with you because I was super intrigued to see how you broke this down because I had no idea how to like (laughs) formally break down the eras. And it's interesting how some of them kind of intersect because I went through like, you know, I looked at all the seasons. I looked at all the episodes and thinking back to all the things that happen within these episodes and seeing where maybe some of them kind of align. Yeah. Um, Interesting. From beginning to end. Yeah. I did that's... it very, very differently. Okay. <laughs> Whereas I tried to come up with like concepts for the time that she was in, like mm. in season one, like or like even broken down by based on like what's going on romantically with her family, with Rory and with herself, like what she's wanting from herself while not mm-hmm. trying to define it, like I said, by Rory's eras, but like how Lorelai is like experiencing Rory, parenting Rory, experiencing Rory is a really weird thing to say, <laughs> but like parenting, yeah. the struggle she's going with her through with her and like the implications of what that means for her personally, rather than like Rory's in school and Lorelai is parenting a high schooler. Um, So I, like, tried to, like, come up with, like, phrases that kind of, like, encompass that. I Um, love that. And so, like, the first one that I have for season one, I kind of put that as, like, one era. And did you ever watch Project Runway? Like, no. Okay. So Tim Gunn, whenever, like, the, like, designers would, like, kind of mess something up and like they would really have like a time crunch and they like really just need to make it work he'd call it a make it work moment (laughs) and he's like this is a make it work moment and I think that 
Lorelai season one era is a make it work moment mm-hmm. is like that's her make it work moment era because like she's experiencing so many new things with Rory with like trying to try new things for herself like mm-hmm. she has to make it work so that she can go to, like Rory can go to Chilton and so she has to start this like new Friday night dinner she's dating one of Rory's teachers and it's like this make it work of like make it work with myself but also not like make it too hard on Rory and like Chris comes back in but like there's also Luke and I think like throughout the whole season it's like everything that's like coming at her is like new to us but also new to her which is what's exciting because it's like all of these new experiences she's going through so I called it like her make it work moment era okay I really love that it's interesting because it's also kind of like what you were describing with Tim Gunn and the designers being under a time crunch it almost feels like that's what happened with the writers it was like they were exploring all these different we've talked about this a lot they were exploring all of these different avenues to take Lorelai and her love life and her character and her relationships and it was just like like, make it work relationships in season one (laughs) yeah yeah which is kind of how if we're breaking it down romantically, I wrote this as her emotional roller coaster love rhombus era. Love because rhombus. It literally is a love rhombus. It's like she has an interest in Max, and then she has an interest, this like overwhelming interest in Luke that's kind of like lingering above all of this. But then Christopher comes back and it's like, where does that stand? And th- yeah, and they hook up on her parents' balcony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like defining it romantically, I think that until I'd say after the breakup part two, when she goes to Max and she's like, hey, I want to do this. Yeah. Like, I feel like up until that point, she has no idea what she wants. Yeah. And we have really no idea what she wants either. Yeah. 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 I will say on the love rhombus, um, you have a love, you had a love rhombus on our Spotify comments. Someone was like, more love rhombus content from Tara. (laughs) (laughs) No, they didn't. Are you serious? Yeah. That's hilarious. God, I hope I never end up in a love rhombus again. I know. (laughs) We could dream. I know. But I love that you said the make it work era. I mean, it is kind of what she's doing for all of season one. It it feels like she's juggling so many things. But what's interesting to me that like I felt like her romantic side and her ambitious side kind of comes together between personal and professional is like after – the breakup part two, when she decides to really go fully in on Max Medina. Yeah. We kind of see that through until the road trip to Harvard, right? Right. And at the end of the road trip to Harvard, she calls Suki and says, like, I want to start doing this. So I feel like that was like her Max Medina era. And that in and of itself felt like, I don't know if it's a mini era or really we can just define it as a whole era. But those two things kind of overlapped for me. Yeah. Well, see, I defined that era of, of its own, like kind of like what you said, like breakup part two until um, until like just before she leaves. I called that engaged. But in what era? Like where mm. she's like engaged to Max. But like, is she really like, is this really what she's planning to do? Because like ultimately she, le- ultimately she leaves him. So that's why I called it the engaged. But in what? <laughs> Yeah, I I just think that that's such a that's such a defining episode for Lorelai because she really makes this decision. I don't think she stands in it as firmly as she should. No. Why do you think she said yes? I don't know. I think really it has to do with the fact that she just saw stability. And I think she did. I do think that in the moment she thought she loved this man. Yeah. And I think that she she says as much to Jan. From the office. Yeah. She, yeah, Linny. And I think that she really did think that she loved him. But I think 
she started to realize in kind of taking a step back and listening to other people's experiences on their forever people, specifically her mom, talking about wearing her wedding dress every night until she got married to Richard. I do think that that was kind of an aha moment for her that it wasn't that she said yes out of obligation or anything like that. I think she genuinely just felt like, oh, this is stable. I've never had this before. It's not my, you know, the daughter. It's not the father of my of my child and, you know, this will they won't they with her and Luke was always kind of a little undefined and there was never the right moment. She was like, yeah, I think this is right. This feels right. He's a good man. Yeah. And I don't think she was lying to herself when she said yes. I like genuinely think that she was like, yeah, like, yeah, no one's ever asked me this and been in a stable position when they asked me this. Um, well, I can't even say for sure that Max was in a stable position when he asked her that because it was to end a fight. <laughs> well, I say that Max Medina is more stable than Chris the first oh, time yeah. he asked at 16 and the second time he asked in her kitchen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think like there's that. But like I think when she heard from her, you know, her mom and like everyone who was like, you know, lovey-dovey about their partner, she was like, oh. And then when he was like, could you think about someone else other than yourself for five minutes a day? Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would leave them too. Yeah. Yeah. If he's thinking, if he's saying that to me, what are you thinking? Like, yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I don't think I would end it the way that Lorelai did. I don't think I would just run away. Um, But maybe, I don't know. No, but I think she was already like, she was already second guessing and then that really that alongside her conversation with Luke I mean like there are several things that I think contributed to the decision she made to end the engagement yeah that's really the hard thing about it being 2023 as opposed to 20 uh 2001 is that like it was so easy to just like run away <laughs> I know. no one to come after you like they have no, to have your cell now. number it's like they can come find you so easily, I feel like. I know. So much access Ugh. to you. So I know. If anyone's trying You're to totally run away right. from their fiance in 2023. Sorry. It's hard. I mean, like, really go off the grid. I feel for those people. <laughs> <laughs> We're wishing them all the best. Yeah. Best of luck to you. <laughs> anyway, so after the road trip to Harvard, I mean, I think this is like, we we always said that was the act break in season two anyway. Yeah. And I do think that that's like a huge like series turning point because Jess is introduced like a lot is about to change for Rory and so where did you have that fall in Lorelai's eras so so this is like of course Nick and Nora is kind of where this picks up just maybe a little bit of road trip to Harvard I called it lose a man find yourself era slash turtleneck era interesting (laughs) because I feel like this is like well, what's interesting about that is that, like, at the end of the road trip to Harvard, she starts talking to Luke, but it's, like, talking to Luke about the inn and talking – and Luke is, like, so encouraging of her. And, like, as her friend, it's not as, like, someone who is, like, interested in her as, like, we know that he is and we know that she is to some degree. But, like, that's not the focus of the conversation. So then, like, she goes out to her car and there's this moment when she could, like, wallow in it as she loves to encourage Rory to do. But she calls Suki and she's like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's, like, something to that where it's, like, she could, like, mourn this, which I'm sure she does to some degree. But it's kind of she just, like, picks herself up and she's, like, this is what I want to do. So I Mm -hmm. think to some degree it's more lose Max, find herself, wear a lot of turtlenecks. 
It's so interesting because I actually feel like that era can be placed on her next chapter, like that era title, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. The Chris. Well, the thing is, is that I kind of put this all in the Christopher era. I mm. feel like Nick and Nora following that is presenting Laura like Gilmore when she sees right. Chris kind of come and step up. And then like for the episodes following, yeah, of course, she goes on that casual date with that younger guy from her business class. But like <laughs> right. for the most part, she's not dating anybody. And I think a lot of it is because she is mourning the loss kind of like you said we don't really see her wallow about it but it's still like the aftermath is still kind of lingering and we would hope that that is how they were writing it we never really got confirmation of it no but like you know the ice cream maker shows up and stuff so like you know the the remnants of the explosion of max medina still at play you know we get a little glimpse of that in nick and nora with his conversation with rory in the interview and you know lorelei kind of being like i really know how to dump them don't i so You know, we kind of are ushered into this Christopher era, I feel, because she's thinking about him. He tells her he is a Sherry. The next time we see him is when he comes back with Sherry. Yeah. And Lorelai has this like aha moment of like, I think I've sabotaged every relationship because I was waiting for you. And now I don't have to wait anymore. And it's like, no, you're still waiting. Because when he does come back at the end of season two, she is so quick to just grab it. And I don't think that that really ends until haunted leg in season three with that big blow up oh one of the best emily moments and it's a big moment for her and her daughter it's a big moment for her and her mom and for her and chris like that haunted leg is also another huge turning point in my opinion for lorelei and after that is when i think that we get the lose a man find yourself yeah because she doesn't really like she dates alex but like she doesn't really have a full-blown relationship again until Jason. Jason. Yeah. I could see that. I can kind of see it kind of like... I can see both. I can kind of see it stretching out, though, because, like, she never at any point really has Chris. It's like, like, I feel like even when she does have him in front of her, like, like, she's losing him constantly. Like, Mm. he keeps leaving. So I think that, like, the Chris, like any Chris era is always like about him leaving um, until season seven, which um, he still is fan fiction. Leaves. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Takes him a but- little longer, but like he does end up leaving. And so like, yeah, I think that maybe it just like stretches longer than I originally thought. Cause yeah, I- it's so hard to say because I really do think that like, you know, her realization, we don't really get to see this, but we see the aftermath of it, but her realization in between, Chris leaving and going back to Sherry, like that whole summer that Rory is in Washington, when she has that moment with Luke in the diner and she's like, I fancy myself Wonder Woman, but I really want it. I want the whole package. Like that is such a defining moment for her to say out loud, especially to the man who eventually gives her the whole package, you know? Kind of. (laughs) Ish. Ish. (laughs) For all intents and purposes. But I think that's actually what we were talking about, Laura like talking about Lorelai on TV as I think it's a really interesting concept because like I hate when people are like like bemoan that there is like love interests and that like things become about the boys or whatever because I think it's like really vulnerable to admit that like you are a strong person who is very independent who wants 
someone romantically in your life. Like it's that feeling of like, why is that wrong? Why is it wrong to like want to spend your life with someone? And like, it's not like a man fixing you. It's like, we need community in our life. And like, it doesn't always have to come in that way. But like, I think that like, probably a lot at the time it was like, like in the 2000s, like it was very much focused romantically. And I don't think that Lorelai's storyline always ends up there. But like, it's really vulnerable and scary to be like, that's what I want, but I don't have it. Because what's scary to admit than you want something that you can't have? Yeah, or something that you constantly keep getting close enough to to see it, but it doesn't end up coming to fruition. I think she always reaches that point with Chris, but I think it's now chris before that it was max and she's like what am i doing wrong like yeah like he gets to have that life with her like max was the wrong person for me and it's just like what (laughs) she's hot she's funny why can't they stay oh my god i know (laughs) i know it's it's just a series of unfortunate events that does end up leading her (laughs) to luke in my opinion but yeah i it's hard because like the post max medina era through the Christopher era, through like, in my opinion, Haunted Leg, which is a huge turning point for her with her mom, her mom stepping up and finally like telling Christopher, you need to leave. Yeah. When she's always on Christopher's side. Even in the last episode, she's like, you know, pissed at Lorelai. At the beginning of the episode, she's pissed at Lorelai. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's finally a turning point for Emily to stand up to Christopher for her own daughter, which I don't think she's ever done. And I think is a big turning point for Lorelai and Emily, even if it's unspoken. It's just a look between the two of them. Yeah. After he leaves. And that's what I was trying to do because like I felt like season one and season two were a lot easier to define. Mm -hmm. I found season three to be harder because I really wanted to encompass what was going on with her family here, Um, especially because like men kind of fall off. Um, Chris comes back in like a very like haunted by your past sort of way in like the flashback episode and I was trying to figure out how to like this is the only one that I didn't have like a definitive sort of like phrase for because I wanted it to be something with her family but like she's kind of like reckoning with her past a little bit and like that's how the whole like Yale versus Harvard is kind of unfolding too yeah she's I was ha- just about to say that's really yeah. the defining season three for me it starts out of course with christopher and her wrestling with like you know grappling with i fancy myself wonder woman but i really want the whole package yeah but then it really becomes more about supporting her daughter in this choice that like she's been so vehemently against her entire life is rory going to yale yeah and i think that having kind of like a reckoning with that And, you know, the twists and turns that her parents take with her along that journey, all the way to happy birthday, baby, when she gives them that money back and is kind of closing the door over on this, you know, chapter of their lives that they've kind of built up over the last three seasons. So where does that fall? Yeah, because even as she's trying to reckon with Yale, like, and be like, no, she's going to Harvard, because the whole point of Yale is like her parents probably wanted that from her like that's probably what she was raised on is like you're gonna go to Yale because she like took her dad's diploma and put it in her room because that's she wanted to do what he did but that to me feels really similar to like Sherry's baby shower and like kind of like like walking back through her past of like this is what Chris could have done for me or like dear Emily and Richard and like watching this 
birth unfold of Rory and of Gigi and Rory, Gigi, Gigi, <laughs> Oprah, Uma. <laughs> um, but like, it just feels like a the past is the past is here. The past has arrived. Um, the past is back. Yeah. So then where would you put this era? Like, what would we entitle it and where would it end? For me, I kind of had like the Max Medina era ending, you know, with the road trip to Harvard. Right. Christopher era or even maybe Nick and Nora because it's the last time we see Max. Yeah. But like, you know, presenting Nora like Omar through Haunted Leg feels like the pining for Christopher yeah. It doesn't even necessarily have to be about Chris. It's just kind of like pining for this life that she's always wanted and seeing it in in her in her sights. Post haunted yeah. leg. I will say during that era, I feel like constantly losing Chris doesn't really make her lose sight of what she wants. Mm-hmm. Like at least from like the inn and Suki. Like I feel like Suki does a good job of like keeping her grounding her. Yeah. Yeah. Like she still wants the inn. She still wants to do it. It's still kind of like a dream, but like I feel like because we get the ins and outs of ins and like they're Mm. really talking about it. And Mia's like, yeah, I'm going to sell. And they're like, that's true. So I feel like as this is happening, that's why I kind of feel like lose a man, find yourself is kind of like because she's lost Max, constantly losing Chris and is like still not losing her ambition as a result, Mm. which feels really inspiring. (laughs) So then would we want to put those bookends on like, you know, post Max Medina through like the next milestone I had for her was um the Lorelai's first day at Yale because like yeah Rory's going to school and her life is about to drastically shift well I would put like maybe they're like a little overlapping but like I would put the Chris one kind of like capped off at like dear Emily and Richard and so it's kind of like from Mm. almost from like the end of Max to there is kind of encompassing, I guess, the love life. But then I still feel like there's like the the like the past is coming back to haunt her sort of thing um, with that kind of ends with happy birthday, baby, just a little bit because yeah. she pays the money back. Um, and then or maybe even a tale of pose and fire when Rory gets accepted to Yale and or not rather she is trying to decide if she's going to go to Yale and Lorelai is like if it's right for you it's really right for me and it's kind of like this moment like that we really see for the first time that Lorelai is not letting her past affect her influence over Rory's decision she's letting Rory truly choose it and see what's right and letting the pros win out over the cons rather than letting her like bias over what her family might be be trying to do here like overshadow it so I think that moment when she like sets out like you know decorates Rory's wall with the Yale stuff I'm like cry talking about it like puts the t-shirt Rory's going to Yale I feel like that's like the moment when she overcomes that struggle that has been going on with her past because she like lets Rory do what is seemingly right rather than what she thinks is right Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love 
a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you out. Outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I do think, though, that she kind of lets her past get back in there oh always keg max (laughs) always but i but i do think that we could make this a larger era like i really and and that's okay like some of them are going to be smaller than others but i think that like the post max medina era through lorelei's first day at yale like when she moves rory into school like there are a lot of milestones within that but i do think that as a whole is kind of a lorelei's era yeah i would call the max one more of like a moment because it's like 
Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, but it was almost like a precursor to an era that could have been. The could have been. The could have been. The should have been. Yeah. But also, like, this this era that we just kind of broke out is kind of, you know, mourning what could have been in a lot of different ways. First with Max, then with Christopher. Yeah. While also, like, finding herself. And yeah. I do think that, like, you know, we have to take into consideration that, like, she and Suki buy the inn. You mm-hmm. know, they start laying that foundation. The Independence Inn is now gone. So, yeah. like, there are a lot of things that happen, but I think that's okay to kind of define her era as, like, you know, ending when Rory goes off to school. Yeah. Because now a whole different chapter of her life is about to start. It's like, my daughter's not here anymore. It doesn't necessarily change the closeness that they have no. emotionally, mentally, but, like, physically, she's gone. Yeah. And so, like... I do think that that is the start of a new era for both Lorelai and Rory. Yeah, kind of like, I guess, like from after Tale of Pose and into uh, Lorelai's first day at Yale, I put that as like changing expectations, um, entering your dreams era is kind of like just like almost like the transition era into hmm. what I think is like the season four, like flourishing of Lorelai Gilmore. Because hmm. like as sad as it is that Rory's going to Yale and like, you know, like her person is going to be living what, what is it? What is the mileage that Jess looked up? 20, 22.8. Yeah. She's going to be that far away from her. But like, I feel like she gets to blossom in a new way. Like yeah. her, like, what does life look like now that her daughter's not with her every day? Like she's choosing herself. That's kind of what I put it. I said choosing herself in her pink coat era is kind of where this oh, one is her pink coat era <laughs> that's where we're yeah at now. she really is she's navigating plans for the inn yeah that's why i said choosing herself everything with jason kind of comes to fruition which is a very interesting chapter yeah because she like chooses to go towards that because of her parents to kind of like spite her parents a little bit but also like that's a huge era for emily and richard as they're navigating because they're about to split up and i think that that does kind of intersect with Lorelai's relationship with Jason because as soon as that all blows up and tick 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 boom yeah she kind of has this like turning point with both of her parents she's angry at her dad her dad doesn't care that he's about to like upend her relationship her partner's about to sue her family she chooses her family for probably the first time truly emily is upset with richard because of what he's doing to lorelei so like i think that's a huge turning point for everyone involved including lorelei because also we know she's on the precipice of now finally starting this relationship with luke right finally looking ahead to opening the inn and starting like her dream life oh yeah that's why i i call i kind of like this is like her selfish era but like not in like a bad way it's more like she's choosing herself like she knows that it's probably wrong to date not wrong to date Jason, but her parents would be upset. She does it anyways. Like, yeah. she knows that it's maybe wrong to, like, choose her family over her boyfriend. But it's, like, she's just, like, stepping into these choices that she's, like, fully making on her own. And it's, mm-hmm. like, we find that, like, at the inn. And, like, she's trying to be selfish. But, like, Suki won't really let her um, until she finally just, like, has that moment. Um, and, like, she is missing Rory. But, like, I, I feel like this is, like, really... That's why I'm like actually really excited to get into our season four rewatch, which I'm sad is still delayed because of the strike because like I'm just excited for this. I feel like me too. Like, oh my God, so... I've been really looking forward to <laughs> I it. I know that pink coat era, but like I just feel like so much of what she does is like 
she just does what she wants to do. She goes up to Penelin Lot and starts talking to her. Some of them she shouldn't. Yeah, um, but, truly. But I feel like it's her. It's her. She's just doing whatever she wants. It's also an era where she's kind of struggling a bit. Like everything that's going on with the yeah. inn is harder than she anticipated. Like she's about to kind of like lose. Like she's she's about to like go broke. Basically, yeah. she's hemorrhaging money. Yeah. As Trick says. <laughs> LOL, tricks. No, that's so true because, like, I feel like s- even, like, going back to, like, the beginning of the season when her and Suki are trying to do the, like, party planning um, mm-hmm. at the Lord of the Rings party, Suki kind of just, like, goes off the rails. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, like, this is Suki's going off the rails season. That's, <laughs> like, it's kind of really the best we could describe that. It kind of is, Yeah. Well, she's pregnant and like there, there's so much happening. And yeah. like for a while they have to have these other jobs so that they can support themselves while the plans for the dragonfly come together. So it's tough. It's yeah. a tough chapter for sure. It's an interesting one too because I it almost feels like Lorelai out of water, you know? Yeah. She's like dating this guy who kind of comes out of left field and is not the love interest that we've been experiencing for the first three seasons. He's not been one of like the main players. Yeah. And then like, you know, she's kind of she's not at the end every single day like we're used to seeing her like this is very Lorelai out of water yeah but like we've still got Luke who's like the one who like ultimately is helping her through this and like mm-hmm. he's the one she cries to and all of this is going down and mm-hmm. aids her in this moment yeah um, so we also are like fading into the Luke era mm-hmm. um because I kind of feel like this sort of like Lorelai selfish choosing herself sort of moment Kind of lasts until like the end of the season, um, and then season five because like you know we have the kiss, the inn. Um, I will exclude Rory sleeping with Dean from any of her eras because, like, that's just. Well, here's the thing about that. I do think that it deeply impacts her relationship with Rory for, you know. A period of time. Yeah, two episodes. I think at that least. this really changes her relationship with her for a second. This is kind of the precursor to I'm not going back to to Yale next year. Yeah, this is like Rory making a choice that is so outside the scope of what Lorelai ever had expected from her daughter. Like she is kind of looking at her, being like, "I raised you better than this." He's married. Yeah, that's kind of where I put my five like eras. They kind of like. Um, all happen in relation to Rory, but also not. Because for five, and I guess the end of six, it's everything is working out except for Rory era is like the very beginning of five. Um, and then it turns into the everything is not working out era. And then the everything is working out again era. And then everything I've ever wanted is working out except for Rory is falling apart era. Like, I just kind of feel like that's how five proceeds for her yeah but we also have to throw in the fact that like she and luke their era for me kind of gets split in half a little bit because you have the era pre-wedding bell blues when emily derails everything and then you have post where like their relationship deeply shifts because like you know contrary to her last relationship in season four she's not choosing her family over a man yeah no and that's why i feel like it's like everything is working out but rory and then everything is not working out. It's kind of just like in a silly, like, sort of like, like, it seems like she's getting everything she wants. Like, the inn is finally opening. Suki seems mm-hmm. to be really on board. Everything seems to be going really great. 
and yeah. her things with Luke are slowly like ramping up and like they're like in they're like kind of honeymoon stage and then wedding bell blues comes a knock in and everything everything's sort falling of apart yeah like and she kind of for the first time that we mentioned before we're like losing a man which like she's not fully lost him as we know but like she feels like it she lets mm -hmm. the rest of her life fall apart in a way yeah. that she never had before and so like mm -hmm. she even like lets things fall off at the end because she's supposed to have that little doll party <laughs> she's the only one oh, who knows right. where the party supplies is for the little dolls <sighs> I about that yeah you're totally <laughs> and right. so it's like she lets everything fall apart and like it's feels like life-shattering in a way that like nothing is working out because this one thing isn't and then when they get back together everything is fine again everything's working mm -hmm. out again until mm -hmm. little miss rory comes back and ruins things worse than she did <laughs> at the beginning of the yeah. season um yeah. but that's why i called the end of it it's like everything i've ever wanted is falling into place while rory falls apart mm-hmm it's true. And what's interesting about everything that happens in the aftermath of that is that, like, after a house is not a home, she proposes to Luke. Yeah. Rory becomes the new and improved Lorelai, as we know. And she has an estrangement from her. It's like, I almost want to entitle it, like, a estrangement engagement. Because Ooh. I do think that when Rory comes back in the prodigal daughter returns that is the of course turning point but it's also the turning point as we know for her and luke and i kind of feel like after that moment even though they were physically engaged they're not engaged anymore no he's lied to her he's he's not being completely honest with her he's kind of like he's kind of keeping her oh, what's the word that i want to that i want to use he's kind of exiling her yeah oh exile featuring bon Iver by taylor yeah Smith. exactly <laughs> Wow. So it's it's one of those things where I feel like it's estrangement engagement. Yeah. Where like that I is their engagement line. era because as soon as Rory returns and April shows up, as far as I'm concerned, like Luke and Lorelai might as well not be engaged yeah. anymore. No, Because totally. he's not treating her like his fiance. Yeah. Where did we recently talk about Wedding Bell Blues? Was it in um, What If Lorelai? It was on Patreon. We were talking about like we would have to do a What If Luke for wedding bell blues it felt like because i feel like we zoom yes. past five but i feel like five is really easy to encapsulate in the same way yeah, that you 100%. were just talking about six is too um i called it wrap dress unfortunately mother knows best era like that was <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of what the early season was for me it was just like i because i feel like as they're estranged they're estranged because i think lorelei did know best like mm -hmm. she knew what like was going to happen there and yeah it's the prodigal daughter returns that like is the turning point and then i called the rest of it my partner is lying to me era because <laughs> like that's really like slash rap dress era rap dress era yeah like really like diane von furstenberg era like lasts for the full it season. really is it's her diane von furstenberg yeah. era to a t yeah <laughs> yeah it's almost like we have like her Sherpa era, her pink coat era, her Diane von Furstenberg era. Exactly. If we were to break it down into like <laughs> the clothing eras, that's what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I almost want to call it like estrangement, engagement, exile. Yeah. Because that's kind of what it I is. I love an E. I love an E theme. Yeah. You'd get you know? kicked out of that you jump by jump jack party for using E's. I really would. Yeah. I would, but I really do feel like that is season six for Lorelai, yeah. for her eras. It goes from estrangement from Rory 
to engagement with Luke to exile from everything about Luke's life once Roy returns. Yeah. And I think that that kind of encapsulates everything just building up to yeah. this moment in Partings where she's like giving him an ultimatum. Yeah. I will say the only like uh like sub era, I guess, outside of exile is that like things are fine with her parents. Like yeah. it's like this like weird like juxtaposition of like she's on the outs with Luke. Luke doesn't really feel like he's on the outs with her, but, like, he's also not sharing anything, so there's no way he's on the in with her. He's like, this isn't going to work if you're lying to me. And Luke is, like, in his I'm a liar era. Um. <laughs> he's in his villain era for yeah. sure. And, like, I know that, like, that's, like, has, like, no nuance to that, but he kind of is. But, like, you know, no, he, it he reminds is. me of, like, the road trip to June 3rd. Larissa, like, mm. she gives him a lot more grace than I feel like we do um, in that moment not that we give him none but like we do fault him a little more no and i think we haven't really gotten there in patreon yet to like really dig into that you know but i feel like it's like really juxtaposed with this moment of like there's no conflict with the gilmores like it's post friday night's all right for fighting they have like fought about everything that they've ever you know everything's on the table now they get it all out and they're like yeah they've all served it up whether or not like they've healed from it is very like clear in the revival that they haven't Right. It's in the open. And I feel like for the rest of season six, everything's fine. So like mm-hmm. it's like where she was like exile from her parents. Now she's on the inn with them. She's like a part of their I don't know, I'm trying to use like kingdom <laughs> like metaphor here. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, but not with Luke. And like she's like, uh, you're gonna have to figure out how April fits in our lives instead of the other way around. And um, yeah. he can't just jump like that. And she says, well, then I have to go. Yeah. And that's um, that's kind of that. I had a harder time with Seven, but I called it. Oh, me too. I called it her regression era. Yeah. Oh, regression is a great word to use. I called it her fan fiction era. <laughs> <laughs> because season seven is fan fiction. I would love Lorelai to write fan fiction. Oh, my God. But I feel like that's so much of, like, what they had her doing is, like, her not knowing what to do because she thought that she was going to be with Luke. She thought she was going to marry him. And, like, that was going to be their building their little life with um, him moving into her house and their weird furniture. (laughs) Um, And that's not what happened. So I think that... um, I think a lot of us do that. Like, I feel like I have had like a regression era, like in the past couple of years, because it's like everything that you thought was going to happen for your life didn't. And so you're like, oh, LOL, I'm going to go back to all of the things, like all my old bad habits that are familiar yeah. and safe. And that goes by the name of Christopher. <laughs> Fully. And so she gets married her, uh, like, probably not legal marriage era. Um and (laughs) whoops no i think regression era is the perfect title to put on season seven for lorelei because we're seeing a kind of a repeat of season one but it's actually playing out this time she marries christopher yeah um because she can't have what she actually wants and because that was the easy choice the safe choice like if she had said yes in season one we would have been like well why'd you do that yeah and then luke is still showing up for her though like he brings i'd rather be in philadelphia you know i love and he like brings food to the hospital and yeah he sees that need and like there is a little bit of season one and season seven because it's like 
Chris is supposed to be the one who's showing up, but he's not. Mm -hmm. And I think Chris was supposed to be the one showing up for the last 16 years of her daughter's life in season one. He wasn't. Yeah, he was not. But then I, was not. I think that kind of ends after the divorce is kind of like initiated between the two of them because it's when yeah. she starts like I don't know I don't feel like she was like unengaged from the town but I feel like she starts to like become more of like a town player again like more towards the end and I start yeah. to get friendly with Luke and sing to Luke and mm -hmm. as the sh as the show ends I don't know what I would call that era maybe um like the coming home era, the return, the unregression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because interestingly, when we move into a year in the life, mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost like she's frozen in time. Yes. Everybody is. Everyone you know, feels but it almost that feels way. like she's she's in standstill era until we hit the end of summer. Yeah. Into fall. Yeah. Cuz she's like I'm I'm leaving. I got to get out of here. Yeah. I can't stand still anymore. And like I would feel that way too if my storyline was frozen for 10 years and nothing happened to me would you just stand still yeah and she, she and said all she right <laughs> and then it was 2016 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't have been as funny as it was <laughs> no unfortunately uh, and then she's in her wild era yeah uh, yeah i don't know because then then she really does get everything she's ever wanted yeah is that what she wanted? Do you think that everything that Lorelai's ever wanted is to just be married and settled and stable? I think to a certain extent, yes. Like, I think she always wanted that, but I don't think she wanted that at the expense of her life leading up to that. Yeah. In the sense that, like, she didn't want to just marry Christopher because it was the right thing to do. She wanted to marry Christopher because that was what they wanted to do when they were ready for it under their circumstances, you know? Yeah. Do you think that part of it is like she didn't want to want it? Like, I guess when she admits to Luke that she does at the beginning of three, that she didn't want to want it because it seemed like something her mom wanted for her. And so, like, if she wanted that, she'd have to admit that maybe there were other things that her mom wanted for her that she also wanted for herself. Definitely. I think I think that that's partially true i think always lorelei has been the person who marches to the beat of her own drum like yeah. she never wants to be like other girls <laughs> truly she couldn't be like i think lorelei is the poster child for i'm not like other girls yeah whereas rory is the poster child for a wannabe i'm not like other yeah. girls even though she totally is <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i think that with lorelei admitting something like that to luke and to herself is like really pushing aside her pride, not just from the stance of like, I don't want my mom to be right. Yeah. It's moreover like, I think that we as women all face that in society yeah. is like, as soon as she became a mom, everybody was like, well, what if you get married? Well, you should be married and settle down and have a husband. And she's like, no, I fancy myself Wonder Woman. I can do this alone. Yeah. Like that is how Lorelai has always like, that's the foundation that she built her pride on, was like, I can do this by myself. I do not need a man. I, not even a man. I don't need help from anybody, not even my parents. Yeah. And so... Except she did. <laughs> she fully did. But, like, that pride got in the way of her potentially building, you know, that partnership with Christopher, which I think was the correct move. I think that that would have been her default at the time. It ended up being her default in the future. Um, yeah. <laughs> time and time again. 
<laughs> time after time. But I think that that's what also made it so hard for her to admit is like, I always say that I don't need help, but like, it would be really great to have help. Yeah. And just have someone is kind of what she talks about. It's like, she doesn't need anyone, but she wants someone, which I think is so, so vulnerable to say. But I think that's so, that's also so powerful though, to be like, I don't need anyone, but I want someone. Yeah. And I feel like that's honestly how most I won't speak for all women right now, but like, that's kind of where I'm at is like, I literally don't need anyone. <laughs> I'm cool. I can do things all by myself. I am so good. I love laying in my, my bed alone, making bracelets. Like what a dream. But like, yes. would I want someone? Sure. I can make him so many bracelets. Um, <laughs> oh, he would just be love it. arms full of them. Yeah. But I think that's just so. No, I, I feel the same way. Like I love Brett so much, but like, I'm with Brett because I yeah. want to be with Brett, not because I need to be with him. You hear that? She doesn't need you. <laughs> he <laughs> he doesn't nice. <laughs> he doesn't listen. But it's that's all right. It's one of those things where, like, I think, I think that's more important. Though. That that's more exactly. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I think that it's so vulnerable to say, like, I don't need it, but I want it. But there's also something so powerful in that. It's like we all know Lorelai is a very independent person, but sometimes to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. Until she needs money, in which case she's like, Mom. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You <laughs> not money. independence? What? Yeah, but when we do get to the revival, like what we were just talking about, I do really do think she has everything she's wanted. Like she has her little Rory that she still really needs to tend to. And Rory is home, like, which I don't think she ever necessarily wanted for her, but like that is something that I think she loves is that like Rory's home again she's built a home in Stars Hollow she's found you know the Stars Hollow Gazette like she's finding her way yeah she's writing she's writing what she probably always needed to do but yeah. like is doing it about her and so she's coming to like a good place with that she's in a good terms with her she's on good terms with her mom because she asked for money and it was like another like sort of conditional sort of thing of like you know you're gonna come out to my little beach house for the holidays but like not in a way that she doesn't, like, dislike, in a way that she doesn't want. Um, she's getting married. She's expanding the inn. Michelle's not leaving. Michelle's not leaving, right? Do I remember that right? I have seen the revival maybe twice, so I don't remember. I can't remember if he ends up staying. She does end up buying that second space to expand, so I wonder if that yeah. was because of Michelle. Which really just looks like it's across the street from the Kim's house. <laughs> I don't really know where it is. I know. If any of you know, which you probably do, I cannot remember if Michelle agrees to stay. I'm not sure. I know. We should know that. <laughs> He definitely should. I want to say he does because I thought that that was the whole reason that she was expanding is because he was like, we should he have wanted- this and we should have amenities and we should have blah, blah, blah. And I want to be in Stop. charge of this. Yeah. Um, but I, oh man, I haven't seen it in a while. More money. Wow. This, we are failing <laughs> live on the pod right now. <laughs> but I do, I do agree with you. I do think that in a sense, she kind of got her happy ending. Yeah, I think so. As happy as... Um, I feel like Amy Sherman Palladino is willing to make her. Yeah, as a cynical writer could. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Yeah. So let's go back over the eras that we just kind of laid out. So the first yeah. one you called Make It Work. Yeah, Make It Work moment. And that a whole year. And that ends really around, what would you say? Like the engagement. The engagement. Okay. Yeah. I kind of put that ending at like 
PSI or at like or break the breakup part, part two. two. Yeah. Yeah. And then her like mini Max Medina era. Engaged but in what? Engaged <laughs> but in what? Um, and then that kind of ushers us into lose a man, find yourself. Yeah, which lasts for a while. Yeah. Because it's like this parallel storyline of like constantly losing the man, but like staying true to yourself and what you want. Yeah. And so that would end where around like Dear Emily and Richard when Sherry has the baby and she kind of comes to yeah. terms with the fact that like Chris is going to start a family with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> well, And she's accepted it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then that ushers us into... There was kind of like an overlap in that too of like the past is here. Yeah. And like with her family with a little bit a little bit with the overlap with Chris mm-hmm. um and I think that that ends when um she allows Rory to make her choice about Yale without big influence from her own biased past yeah and then that ushers us into changing direction changing expectations yeah. and chasing yeah. your dreams yeah kind of the transition into Lorelai's first date yeah. yeah yeah and that takes us through kind of the end of the season when she's like yeah or is that more of her selfish era that's what I kind of called her selfish era like the Lorelai's first day at Yale until the end ish because she's choosing herself um pink coat (laughs) just that's all I can think of when I think of season four I think almost like choosing yourself finding your man could be could be great too because like it eventually leads her to Luke you know um choose yourself find your man instead of like lose your man find yourself yeah or it's like um it's like finding love when you're not looking for it yeah even though love has always been oh, it's always been counter. right there right behind the counter and then after that when she does get together with luke what would we call that that was like the thing everything's working out everything's, everything's working not working out, out. <laughs> everything's working out before he's falling apart yeah <laughs> and then that leads us into estrangement engagement exile Diane von Furstenberg. Diane von Furstenberg. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think it should be called then, Diane von Furstenberg, colon, estrangement, <laughs> engagement, exile. I love it. I love it so much. Rap dress, wrapped in a lie. Ooh, um, yes. There we go. There's so many different things we could come up with because season six is just a little messy. Messy era. Yeah. Um, Luke's in his lying era. Roy's also kind of in her lying era and her kissing her people when she has a boyfriend era. Which Ooh, right. Right, right. That one actually lasts for quite a while, but we'll digress. That's true. That's a pretty <laughs> constant theme throughout the entire series. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, season seven, like regression and then return. Regression and return. I love that. Yeah. And then been frozen for 10 years. Yeah. Standing still. <laughs> Defrosting era. Yeah. Um, trying to move her life along in a way that it has not um and then happy ending question mark question mark we think so happily ever after yeah we'll put happily ever after question happily ever after slash becoming a grandma (laughs) slash becoming a grandma that was like what she's about to be in her grandma era she totally is oh my gosh i love that for her what was the name of her book again i always misremember the title talking as fast as i can or have i told you this already have I told you this already? Mm. I always keep calling it things I've already told you. Um, but in that one, that was where Lorelai said, not Lorelai, oh my God, Lauren Graham Same says thing. that she <laughs> she thinks that 
uh, it would be a girl and she would be named Lorelai and she would call her Lola. So maybe it's Lola's grandma era. Yeah. Well, what um, do you think that Lorelai's grandma name would be? <gasps> oh, my God. Because Lola would know. also be a fun like grandma name. You know, I because your mom's name is Kit to her grandchildren. Yeah. yeah. Because her name's Kathleen. And so she goes by Kit. Yeah. Um. Because, like, oh my gosh. Nana, Grandma, so like, those things are, of course, like, always options. But I have, have found... about grandparent names? No. They're my absolute favorite. Well, I love grandparent names. I do, too. You know, and it's so funny that I think people often forget that that's, like, an option. Because my... Uh, so, one of my cousins who's like not a blood related cousin but by marriage is a cousin just had a baby and so his mom is like I call her my aunt but you know we're not blood related but we are very much family and so she texted me pictures of the baby and she was like look the baby's here and I was like what's your new name and she told me and I was like I just feel like people forget about that all the time that like you are now getting a new name yeah, same with like becoming a mom. Well, of course, like, yeah. got a new name. Yeah, but I just um, mean as a grandparent, it's like you kind of get to choose. I mean, like mom, mama, like you know, you can call yeah. your parent, you know, whatever yeah. you choose to call each other. But like grandma and like grandpa can be so like the possibilities are endless. Yeah, like there's someone who like lived nearby me, and they're Lolly and Popsy, <gasps> which is just so crazy. But like I just love crazy grandparent names because like those are kind. Like, that's cute, but, like, I just love how cutesy they can be. Like, Peepaw. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I just love, I just love, like, all of, like, the, like, there's a human in your life that you call Popsy. Like, it's that's just, so fun. I don't know why I find it so funny, but, like, I want to know. Emily being called Grandma and Grandpa yeah. is just. I mean, it's so real. We had a grand. We had a grand um, tricks was her name. So, like, Lori calls her Great Grandpa. I know. Which is, but yeah, Richard calls her tricks. So yeah, you know, but yeah, I want to know what Lorelai's would be. I'd love for people yeah. to tell us what they think that she would be called. Oh my god, because I just can't we see should... her being called Grandma. Like I can no. see her. Like if they ever did a year in the life too, I could see like Rory Child running in and being like Grandma, and she's like, "Stop that now." Yeah, <laughs> she's like, my "Do not Lorelai. call me that. You will call me Lorelai." Do you think? She, do you think she would just go by Lorelai? Honestly, I would not put that past her. Yes. We have to put a question box up on our story on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Please submit Lorelai's grandma name. Like, I need to know. We'll have to read them off because I'm already so excited for, because I, like, I, like, going off of Lola, is it like Lala? Is it like, I don't Lala? know. Like, going off of Lorelai. <laughs> yeah. Stop. La la, la la. That's like, she has to And that's do just that. really her entrance music. La, la, la. <laughs> I love it. Wait, what would Luke's be? He would also be. I could see him being a papa. Pop, pop. I can see him being a papa. Papa. Pop, pop. Papa Luke. I had a pop, pop. Peepo. What is Peepo? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. That's the thing. It's like, there's just, you could like, it's endless. You could just put, you could just put sounds together and like, that's now someone's name. We really yeah, digressed here. But like, I just feel we like. We really lost ourselves. But, I, but if yes. you want to also like submit luke's grandpa names like that would be amazing <laughs> please do i really need to know what they would be yeah i can't wait oh my but gosh. those are lorelei's eras i'm so glad we were able to break them down because i really I wanted to you know similarly to how we did it with rory we wanted to kind of give lorelei the same justice i know it was a little harder but i'm glad we did that yeah because i feel like like lorelei's just like a different character do you still feel like you would save her 
in the burning house mm -hmm. i think so too maybe the burning house of the narrative if there was one character you could save <laughs> rather yeah. than literally i don't know why i feel so bad about letting a fictional character be in a burning house that feels really uncomfortable <laughs> It's moreover that, like, I just, Lorelai has always been my favorite character. She's mm -hmm. the person, like, I would take out to lunch. She's the person I would go on a shopping spree with. Maybe Emily Gilmore, because she'd buy me a lot of things. I know. We're going shopping with Emily. <laughs> but, like, Lorelai is the person that I would choose probably every time. Yeah, definitely. In most scenarios. I, I still, from Rory Rory, from the beginning of this, I think that Lorelai is the main character. Just oh, because yeah. of the way that the story reacts around her. Because I think that, like, even, like, a month from now, we could redefine her eras, like, so differently. Because I just think that, like, it's all dependent on, like, what you're focusing on. Um, but I would be really interested to hear you guys... Yeah, I would be interested to hear what y'all think. We're not doing a Gilmore to consider on this one because we're really launching ourselves into the fall plan that we have. I know. I I know a lot of people have started because a lot of people start Gilmore Girl season on September 1st. But like, mm -hmm. I I got to get the last of my summer in, admittedly. Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's 95 degrees here today. So I'm just yeah. like, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> No, no, no. Same. Honestly, same in New England. Like it stays warm throughout September. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Like in September, Turn fall, I would argue, is kind of like the shortest season. We get kind of a glimpse of fall most times, especially in New England, especially with global warming. And, um, you know, so like savor it while you can. But we will not be like officially kicking Gilmore Girls season off until later this month. And we have a lot more details coming soon about how we're going to celebrate yeah, that. But in stuff. the meantime, if you have any thoughts, feelings on Lorelai's eras, please DM them to us on Instagram or comment on the Spotify comments. Like, I don't know, send us a letter. Yeah. Uh, call oh the gosh, voicemail. Send us a letter. Handwrite us a yeah. letter. <laughs> you can also call the voicemail. Like, we may revisit this another time. Yeah, so, like, we probably always will. good to kind of get your thoughts, feelings, and emotions out in the voicemail. Oh my gosh. Any of your emotions, please do. I love. I love when people call in and yell because they have such passionate feelings. Those are my favorite ones. <laughs> and I feel like yeah. people have very passionate ones about this. Maybe they'll disagree with us. I know. It's very true. But speaking of Gilmore Girl season and the fall kicking off, something that we're really excited to do in next week's episode is break down academia on this show. It's back yeah. to school season. You know, last year we talked about all the back to school episodes on this show yeah. to kind of kick off the fall. But this time we're going to be really talking about how academia plays such a large role in the show because it really does. It's a character in and of itself. Yeah, because it affects, of course, Rory the most because she is the one that's going through school. But like the expectation that was kind of put on Lorelai that we see her, you know, kind of grappling with throughout and how Rory ended up with ambitions like that. They don't just mm -hmm. come, I think, naturally when you're that young. Um, they have to kind of be placed on you to some degree. Yeah. Um, and how that all unfolds between mm. Lorelai, Rory, Jess Dean, oh yeah Logan, like how all of that chris he was chris bound for princeton bound for princeton <laughs> and like emily and richard and the expectations they have yeah. of lorelei then of rory of dean that whole dinner that happens yeah. where like richard totally lays into dean over his grades so like there's a lot at play here it impacts yeah. the friendships that rory has at school and the expectations she sets for herself and kind of how she defines success. So I am really excited to get into this. Me too. And we'll have more to say on that in the next episode. Stay
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.